Truth and Transcendence. Brought to you by Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, Episode 18. How to help people think for themselves. It's kind of ironic to even ask that question because how can anyone help anyone else to think for themselves? Because by definition, when we think for ourselves, no one else is doing our thinking for us. So how can somebody else help us to do that? It's a kind of ironic thing. And it's quite good to keep that in mind, I think, with this topic, because it, it helps us to stay connected to the central concept of this, which is somebody thinking for themselves is an entirely autonomous and independent activity that, that nobody, no matter how wise, how well-meaning, how powerful, how successful may be, cannot do that for them. And I really can't stress this enough. Even when we think we're trying to help other people think for themselves, it's so easy, it's all too easy for our own ego to come in and start to try to do their thinking for them. In the guise, under the guise of trying to help them think for themselves. Even even telling somebody that we'd like them to think for themselves or giving them suggestions as to how they might do that is, in a way, us trying to do some of their thinking for them. So this whole path is absolutely filled with potential pitfalls and um, we have to be careful about that. So having said that it's impossible and having said that this episode is about how to help people think for themselves, there are a few... Um, angles, if you like, or entry points that I've discovered over the years that are quite useful and worth exploring. And the first one is, how did you learn to think for yourself? How did you learn to think for yourself? Can you remember how, you know, years and years ago, the first time that you actually thought for yourself. Can you remember how that happened? Can you remember how you practiced that, how you may may have actually regressed from it at times? Do you recall times where you really uh, gave up gave up the power of your thinking for yourself to other people and simply followed? So what what have you learned about how to think for yourself? The reason I suggest this as, as the first step in this particular exploration is because this takes us into the realm of uh, actual felt experience, and it takes us away from the realm of intellectual theory or logic or rationale. Because although we're talking about thinking, we're talking about something which can only be experienced for somebody. So if someone who you hope will think for themselves is trying to do so following some sort of theory or some sort of diktat, 
They're never going to connect with that actual felt experience within themselves where something gets switched on, some faculty for for thinking and for autonomy and for reflection gets triggered. So that, that triggering and that, that switching on will never take place when they're simply trying to put in, in place some kind of theory. Now that's, that's a very dogmatic thing for me to say. And of course, that's just my opinion. It's my opinion that, that thinking for ourselves is, is an experiential matter. It's not just a rational or thought based matter. And when we do think for ourselves and experience ourselves as free thinkers in, in that sense, there's a whole set of experiences that go with that that can't be in any way uh, manufactured or duplicated in any other way. So when we connect with what we can remember about how we learned to think for ourselves, that helps reconnect us to that human experience, which then puts us into a much better frame of mind for helping other people to do the, the same thing. Now, when we, when we connect with remembering how we learned to think for ourselves, that then allows us to connect with what are our strengths and what are our frailties in this, in this regard. So if I think of myself as an example, because everything I talk about on these episodes is something I've explored personally, as well as with clients and with peers and, and in general discussion with other people, and that I've learned from um, thought leaders and, and so on. So exploring my own journey, my learning journey in terms of thinking for myself, some of my particularly important lessons were things like uh, learning to distinguish between thinking for myself and thinking in opposition to somebody or other people. So I very much fell into the trap early on of, of believing that thinking for myself was equal to being in opposition to what someone else thinks or what other people think. In other words, a kind of a rebellious position, that being a rebel is more free thinking than not. Whereas actually, that's that's simply not true, because when I or you or anybody thinks for themselves as a free thinker, then there is choice available as to what to agree with, what to disagree with, and what to not even condescend to consider as something to agree with or disagree with. So when we get trapped in the, in the rebel mode, where we believe that in order to be a free thinker, we have to be a rebel, or where we believe that being a rebel means that we are then a free thinker, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're actually doing the exact same thing that, that, that happens when we decide to conform to what other people think. We're literally being controlled by what it is other people believe and think. Whether we're conforming and complying or whether we're rebelling, we're giving the power to that other mindset. Whereas when we truly think for ourselves, that, that other thought form has no power over us. 
We can examine it, we can reflect on it, we can take value from it to whatever extent we see fit, and we can make our own choices. And sometimes our own choices are to agree wholeheartedly with what the masses agree with in that moment and completely get behind it, and other times not, but it's our our choice. So that was one of my uh, pitfalls as I was learning, having to learn to distinguish between being a rebel and being a free thinker. Very helpful for me, particularly in situations where I might have a, a deep and intense emotional reaction against what someone else is saying or some other philosophy or fundamental diktat or something that's being presented to me. So if if something is being presented to me that triggers me in a negative sense, upsets me, uh, makes me angry, the fact that I have now a strong understanding of that distinction between being a rebel and being a free thinker means that I can actually pause and reground myself and choose to examine the thing that has got me, that has got in amongst me, that's got under my skin. And I can understand why and how it's had that effect upon me. And then I can make choices about how to respond. So that's a couple of things that, that for me that, that, that are important, that distinction between free thinking and being a rebel and that recognition that sometimes in the present moment, something might rattle me. And when that happens, I need to recognize it as soon as I can and examine it and examine how come I'm so upset by it. Now, you will have your own versions of the key lessons that you embodied and and integrated and incorporated as you were learning to think for yourself over the years. And you may still have lessons in it now, nowadays, I know I do. There's always another lesson to be learned because there are always pressures upon us to, to not think for ourselves, to conform. And sometimes those are pressures on us to actually rebel. So, which is all part and parcel, as I've said, of the same thing. So this kind of is, is a useful thing to keep in mind that thinking for ourselves is, is a felt experience. And staying connected to uh, to that as an experiential matter, as opposed to a theoretical matter, is crucial. And then remembering we've got our own strengths and we've got our own frailties, then allows us to have some humility and also some compassion for other people as they struggle with this challenge of thinking for themselves. And it reminds us to keep practicing. So when we keep that self-awareness and we have that humility and compassion and we keep practicing, that automatically brings us into a place where we're more likely to help people to think for themselves, where our presence is going to be more, more conducive. Now, our next step to go a bit deeper with this is to remember that sometimes we don't want people to think for themselves. And sometimes they don't want to think for themselves. Isn't it easier sometimes to let someone else make your decisions for you? Isn't it easier sometimes to make decisions on behalf of other people and just get things done? 
Now, I spoke about this in quite a bit more depth in the previous episode of, of why people don't want to think for themselves and why we might not want them to think for themselves. So do refer to that if, if you'd like to. But remembering that, they, that we have a, a shadow, if you like, an unconscious part of us that just wants to wade in and, and think on behalf of other people. And remember that other people have their own equivalent shadow, which is the bit of them that just wants to give away responsibility for choices and in a way wants to give away their power, even though that isn't actually beneficial for them. So keeping those two things in mind, again, is key. Another point that I found really helpful is this concept of and not or. And what do I mean by and not or? By that, I mean remembering that sometimes when we're looking at an argument or when we're looking at a decision or when we're looking at an opportunity, there are two ways to look at the situation. One of the ways to look at it is to say, right, what's right and what's wrong? The other way to look at it is to say, hold on a minute. Maybe there's something useful to be gleaned from both sides of this argument. Let's have a look at it from that point of view. And let's emphasize the fact that there's always a broader way to look at the situation and to look at the decisions and the choices. And let's bring it into the present moment and actually say, hold on a minute, let's get away from theory, and let's get away from what if and if only, and let's just look at what's true now in this moment. And let's be present with it. And let's consider the impact of what we're looking at in real life. So these are all some very useful things to to keep in mind and to explore when we're looking at helping other people to think for themselves. And we all know that it's important to encourage people to actually coach people in whatever way we can and to celebrate when when we see people coming up with new ideas and when we see people exploring thinking for themselves to take every possible opportunity to, to celebrate that and to congratulate them on doing that. And finally, and this is perhaps the most difficult thing to do, although most of what I've been talking about is not easy. But if you actually let other people witness you when you're thinking for yourself and possibly making mistakes and possibly making choices that, that turn out not very well, that is one of the most encouraging things that you can do. Because what you're doing there is you're reminding them that you're human, you know you're human, you know they're human. And that helps them to accept their own humanity and take a bit of a risk. Because ultimately, that's what you're asking people to do when you invite them to think for themselves. You're asking them to take a risk and not just play it safe and not just do what everyone else does and not just follow the herd and what the herd thinks. So yes, 
bearing in mind how you learned to think for yourself, what those key lessons were for you, remembering what your strengths and your frailties may be in relation to thinking for yourself, having some humility and compassion for others as they struggle with thinking for themselves, keeping practicing, remembering that sometimes we have a shadow which says that we don't want people to think for themselves. We just want them to do what they're told. Remembering that our people sometimes don't want to think for themselves. They'd much rather give away responsibility. And remembering that sometimes that is expedient, but in the long term, not beneficial. Remembering to actually value both sides of the argument and of the question. And to emphasize universality and scope. What are the wider impacts and implications of what we're looking at? And bringing it into the moment. What's true now? How does this play out in real life today, in the present? And keeping in mind, what are the principles that we most believe in? And are those not more important than the position that we're taking? providing nurture, encouragement, coaching, celebration, and letting your people see you investigating, exploring, and taking risks as you think for yourself. And above all, remembering that when you help somebody to think for themselves, you are helping them to live meaningful and fulfilled lives. You're not just helping them to be productive and successful. You're not just helping them to contribute to your organization and to, the, and to your bottom line. You're helping them live meaningful and fulfilled lives. And in my opinion, that's one of the most generous and kindest things that you can do. And as a leader, you have a perfect opportunity to do that. And it's a privilege to do that. I'm sure you'll agree. So I hope you've enjoyed this this little exploration. I have written an ebook called Why Thinking for Ourselves is a Strategic Necessity and What to Do About It. I wrote this after I did some exploration around some of the experiences people had been having over 2020 and 2021 in response to the uh, the, the pandemic and some of the responses to the pandemic. And one of the things I discovered through my research and my analysis is that the people who seem to be most successful and to deal and navigate most most effectively with the situation and with their experiences were the people who think for themselves. And that's what led to this whole line of exploration around thinking for ourselves. So I'd like to offer you that ebook. All you have to do is go to yesyounow.today, that's Y-E-S-Y-O-U-N-O-W dot today forward slash thinking. And when you get to that page, sign in and you will get the ebook sent to you. So that's yesyounow.today forward slash thinking. And by all means, send me 
any feedback or comments or observations you may have um, on the ebook. So thank you for listening. Enjoy the ebook. Please keep sending in those questions and suggestions and challenges for these episodes. And I look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to Truth and Transcendence, the regular weekly podcast from Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. For more information, head to yesyounow.today forward slash podcast.